0: Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build Fighters and decided to reconquer the next real Gundam series. My name is Jeremy.
1: I'm playing four-dimensional chess with someone else's kid. I'm Tyler. I'm not sure where I was last episode, but my name is Zach. I'm back now.
0: Yeah, we, we lost Nori-chan. It's sad.
1: Yeah, great uh, host, OP.
0: Today we are watching episode four of Reconquista in G. The Wild Dance of the K-Sith. I think I figured out what the mobile suit naming convention is. What? It seems to be mostly myth I would guess myth based yeah, like,
2: or Final Fantasy based. Like
0: Irish myth based? Is it? Well, a K-Sith is like a sort of fairy. Yep, yep. And a grimoire is a tome of dark magic. Okay. Um, oh, it you... might be more br- vaguely European would be my guess as we go on. Okay. I don't know what a Montero is. So Me neither. I that have not sounds that like a
2: person more than a
1: a thing it sounds french um point dis in favor for the montero there's also ida's mobile suit whose name i forget it's like the the oh yeah they do mention what that one's called it's
0: the g arcane yeah the arcane there we go which is also a magic thing
1: (laughs) okay okay I guess, Ar- is arcane equivalent to grimoire. I mean, I'm just glad
0: I noticed this because it was not until it was pointed out to me that I realized G-Witch is p- p- highly based on the Tempest. And then I just like, her name is fucking Prospera, Jeremy. How- it's the <laughs> aerial Gundam. And Prospera, how did you not see? They were smacking you in the head with it the entire time. How, how did you need someone to point it out to you? What is your degree <laughs> even
1: for? <laughs> what? Shakespeare's The Tempest which I've never read Tempest. It's
0: about a uh, wizard named Prospero who wants revenge and his servants are Ariel and Caliburn, another Gundam that shows up later in that series. <laughs> so what do we think uh Gista in G is based on? Probably nothing Shakespearean.
1: Is it just based on Mobile Suit Gundam? I think kind of. It, it seems very original Mobile Suit Gundam to me. Although what where it is it doesn't
2: the... like some of the things feel very original Gundam, but at the same time it like, the story kind of
1: doesn't track with that. Where is the point in the first 10 episodes where Amaro defects? That's kind of my, that's where I'm thinking.
0: It's got a weird amount of seed in it, right? And, like, Unicorn. It feels like he watched the recent Gundam stuff and, like, just mapped that back on to a whole bunch of original Gundam BS. No, you know what? It feels kind of turn A, actually. Oh, I mean, he also did turn A. I see that in some ways. Mostly well, because... in settings.
2: Well, it's it's partly that, and also the the main pilot of Turn A, Lauren, is actually a uh, moon person. A moon. Person. Well, that, it's it's between it's the moon guys versus the Earth, like that's okay. the conflict.
1: I, I thought you meant like he's a demon that came from the moon, like that one piece of Japanese mythology.
0: No, Princess Kaguya.
1: Ka- kind of. <laughs> There's <laughs> a thing that yeah. Keeps...
2: Which which piece of Japanese mythology yeah. are you talking about?
0: Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. That's the one, right? Actually, I'm reasonably sure that's Chinese mythology. Nonsense. Wait, Dragon Ball? Yes. Because yes. <laughs> Nonsense. So we, should we go ahead and watch it? We are watching episode four of *Reconquista* in G, as previously stated, The Wild Dance of the Cat Sith. You can watch along if you have the DVDs. We start out in the clouds, and then we zoom into the secret harbor base where they have parked their ship in a cave.
2: I mean, we're kind of starting off right from where the last
1: episode left off. I love that they never closed the goddamn cockpit of anything.
2: I feel like in this particular case they didn't close it because there are four people in there and dear God, would that be crowded?
1: They could fit four people in there.
2: So, Bellary notices that there's a spaceship and apparently it's unusual that it is floating. Or at least Naredo thinks
1: it's unusual that it's floating. I do love Bell's logic here that's like, well, the prisoner came from space, they have to take her back to space. That's the only logical explanation.
0: Anyway, we get The ground crew of the ship with Howard from Gundam Wing, Colonel Zenim from Unicorn Gundam, and the mechanic from Gundam Seed, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It's just a hodgepodge of ship people.
2: So, Clem Nick basically has them get on the thing's hand. The three uh, people besides Ida
1: get on the Montero's hand. Because apparently the lift wire is only good for one person. (laughs) I do love this. Ida's like, hey, Clem, thanks for saving my life. And he's like, I'm a genius. Of course I did.
0: And Bellary's like, hey, last episode I learned he was the president's son. And
1: then
2: Clem is just like, hey, do you, are you going to jump from there or are you going to get on?
1: Three defectors in the hand is worth one in the bush.
0: Then he is cruel to Bellary, but Bellary has learned acrobatics from his cheerleader friends and lands on his feet.
1: He
2: explains it by, oh no, it, it looks like it took damage. I'm sorry. It did not. And
1: then Ida comes down on the lift wire. As Rariah's using the Harubi as, like, an exercise ball, it's a very confusing shot. And we get another
2: one where Ida, like, goes and starts crying on the, at the captain. Because
0: she got Captain Cahill killed by getting captured and then Captain Cahill fighting a team major, which everyone knows was his one weakness.
2: Captain Cahill doing something dumb, but at the same time, like, grief isn't one of those things that's real
0: logical. So it does track somewhat. Anyway, cut to space slash ground. Cut to where there's a space elevator, where the military is announcing their intent to start using radar.
2: I mean, depending on how the Minovsky particles jam radar, I mean, I could understand why you might not generally want to use it. I love how everyone's
1: like, yeah, radar, great. And he's like, yeah, you guys got me. This is why we needed cheerleaders, so that you, <laughs> you would all respond when I called.
0: Anyway, we got a new nation name dropped, which is Gondwan, which is apparently at war with Ameria. They've mentioned it before, have they? Yeah, I feel like I would have noticed. I don't know but... if they
2: attached it to anything, but I think they've mentioned it before, and that's why they have to make an army because
0: two other people are at war, so they need the power to respond.
2: Well, I, I feel like the way I, I, I mean, I might have just misread it originally. Is that they're concerned that those two sides are actually going to attack them?
0: And of course, they're sending Dellinson and his team. They couldn't send Curbs. And that he's the only other character who has a name. Along
1: with six other people.
2: So a lot of people are cheering. And in this big, like, parade, Manny comes up
0: to uh, Lewin and is like, hey, what's going on? I do love how they like are like, hey, let's pretend to cuddle so we can whisper, while also having a conversation on top of it so
1: no one is suspicious that we're whispering. And apparently the fact that it's a military is a bad thing.
0: Well, I, that's very Japanese. I think this is a translation thing, you know, because Japan only ever has a defense force, and I get the feeling the Catholic Church here has also always had a defense force, but now they're getting an expansionist potentially military. That's kind of that,
2: that's how I read it as well. Is that they've always had something in place for like a like personal defense here. That's why it was called the Capital Guard. But now this whole Capital Army thing is yes. Now we have the potential to go kick your ass and take your stuff.
0: We are doing a lot of heavy lifting on behalf of the show, which has not told us any of this, though.
1: Which, honestly, I think is fine. I think giving us that through context is all right. Well, but...
2: especially because none of the none of our focal characters actually know what's really going on. The closest we have to it is Dellinson, but he's not really a focal character for us.
0: Yeah, but it would not feel weird if, like, we've seen just him and Curbs hanging out before. So it would not be weird if we cut to them having a conversation about it, right? Like when they had to go rouse all the troops, when Bellary was escaping. Okay, I mean,
2: but that's not like, that. that is them in a, in a crisis, basically, trying to get things started. Not really, here we're going to discuss what's
0: going on. Yeah, but it would not be weird if we did that. Anyway, Delance's orders are to find the space pirates and rescue the hostages. And take a guess how many of these guys are coming back since none of them have faces. Yep. But they have these cool new cases Zach, and the episode is named after them.
2: I do like how, as Delinson is boarding his Kate Sith, he references the fact that this, like, deployment has turned into this huge carnival.
1: And he's like, this is not very un- becoming of an army.
0: Uh, Ketabelry's mom, who's trying to ask the colonel about that whole thing with her son getting kidnapped and this big military ceremony about it. And she's like, hey, did you ask the pope if you're allowed to do this? And he's like, oh, this is just an operation to rescue civilians, including your son. I, it's It's a non-military action. But Bellary's mom was like, oh, he's just using my son as an excuse to go do a military action.
2: Which, I guess, makes it make a little bit more sense as to why he just kind of stood around as they all ran away in the last episode,
1: but... Although he did also, I think, kind of implicitly get the Pope's permission to do exactly this thing. Like I said, 4D chess. And we do get a, like, kind of a
2: uh, another world-building thing here. A taboo against the advancement of
0: science. Yeah, they've used the word taboo a lot, so this is the first time we get any indication of what they find taboo, though. But this does track with Belry's talking earlier about, hey, unrampant technology is how we end up nuking the planet and dropping asteroids on it at the same time after we have poison-gassed everybody. So
2: after we've turned the planet into Krieg,
0: uh, but Carl Campos is like, the Pope has his own feelings on what is taboo.
2: And Meanwhile, in the most unnecessarily dangerous part of this whole thing, it's so a good. couple of Kate sits jump on an F rug.
0: The F Rugs are the support craft flyers they have. It's yeah, it's very like 80s Transformers G.I. Joe deployment cartoon.
2: Well, like the the later ones look better. They're still not great because why didn't you just load up and then take off? I mean this is basically an air show.
0: Look at all those people. The cheerleaders showed up.
2: Yeah, I know, but the, the first ones really looked like they cut it really close as to whether or not the f was going to just run into them. Harsh cut
0: over to Bellrie and Naredo, who are eating in the mess hall on the pirate ship. <laughs> to be clear, this is not a pirate ship, but a ship, a spaceship being used by pirates.
2: And they are eating with the captain is just in the area. And this whole conversation feels like three people are having three different It really does. And I actually kind of love it because he's trying to, he's basically trying to interrogate Bellery as to what he's, like, who he is, what he's doing here. And Bellery is just not answering him. And in return, he's not answering Bellery's
0: questions it's like, ah, so Bellary, I see your last name is the same as the operations director at the Capitol Tower. So apparently she's in charge of the whole tower, not just the school. And
2: then Bellary comes back with the Pirate Corps, which attacked the crown three times, launched from this <laughs> ship, right?
0: Man, what an exposition. What a, as you know, previously on She Reco, <laughs> way I
2: to mean- say that. It is, but at the same time, it does make sense for him to basically just being, seeing if he could get the guy to slip up. Yeah, he's trying to pump anything. information, right? I just love this conversation, how they're literally not talking. They're not having the same conversation. I,
1: I, I do like, actually, uh, the captain's like, so you're the director's son? And is like, yep, I'm useless as a hostage. Because my mom only works all the time, and his response is that it's is spoken such a- like a child. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh,
0: although, given everything his mom has done, I wonder if he's actually being overly insightful in this particular case. Bellary or the captain? Bellary, because she seems way more concerned. Uh, oh no, he's using my son for militarist expansion. Than oh no, my son was kidnapped by pirates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Ida shows up and is like. Captain, there's no need to feel responsible for me. I'll just do what I want. I won't let my father berate you. And he's like, yeah, that's
2: very kind. Um, and Belray is like, hey, I see information I can get here. That We're
1: near the Caribbean Ocean Lab, right? Making me wonder, where the hell are they on the planet?
0: Well, this is a post-Shar's counterattack version of Earth, right? That seems to, like, have healed itself to some degree. There could be major continental drift, right?
1: That's fair. I was going to say, they, I feel like they need to be near the Caribbean, but that could be a lot of places My now. My
2: brain is frying on me. Um, wouldn't that put them, like, right around, like, Cuba in the, in the States? Yep, I think
1: they're in Florida. Is, <laughs> oh, dear That's where this God. is happening. Well, yeah, <laughs> open the pirates. Oh, no, we did call it Space Disneyland before. They were in Disney World. Uh, I was
0: saying it was Disney Vatican, though Yes, so. thank you
1: built on the remnants of an ancient civilization
2: ruled by the one known as Mickey Mouse.
0: <laughs> so Ida needs to change the subject so that we can have yet a third conversation going on in this. And she's like, hey, even the rectin, which sucks, that this kid was using, was more developed technologically than, please, put a <laughs> than, please, there, Ida, but okay. And
2: uh, so he's like, oh, so you guys are violating the taboo as well. Cut to uh, Ida continuing to
0: berate Bellery. And she's basically like, economic sanctions from the Capitol Tower made Amaria get into the war with Gondwin.
2: You know, the way you paused that there, it made it look like Belri needed to sneeze.
0: And our tech level has regressed to that of the AD calendar. We only have stuff that people watching this would be familiar with, and giant robots, and space <laughs> elevators, and nothing else, and Haros. No one could even make a cool mechanical bird to <laughs> give to their friend. In a cherry blossom scene. And now the captain has gotten a call on his cell phone. Which is the international G-Reco sign for an action scene is about to start. You know,
2: he says, bring all the G-type parts aboard the megafauna.
0: We've got an ingenious mechanic. And Bellary has heard of those. They're from the Rose of Hermes blueprints, right? Because if there's one thing this show doesn't have enough of, it's proper nouns just thrown at us.
1: Don't worry, they'll reference those several times this episode.
0: Bellery insists that if they're used, they'll all be cursed because d- of the taboo.
2: Currently, they don't have Chekhov's gun. They have Chekhov's arsenal.
0: Also, not enough proper nouns yet. Now we get to hear about Tewasanga, which is where the blueprints came from. <laughs> and then <laughs> Ida, again, having her own conversation, declares that they should judge Bellery by pirate law. Also love her pirate outfit that she's in with the <laughs> skull and crossbones or the skulls on it and uh, like like hair, I don't clip. Know what the
2: hair clip is it looks kind of like a a demonic like a, jellyfish well i was gonna call it a fleur-de-lis that has no idea where it is but the other one is definitely a skull so she has actually i think that's what it actually might be is it, she's got skull and crossbones but they're on the two other clips
0: so this conversation has gotten so untenable and unfollowable that the captain decides to take Ida and leave and tells <laughs> the guards not to let them out, lest their confusion spread. Rorya wakes up, and it's thankful that she wasn't in the conversation, the only thing that could have made it more confusing. But that's not important, so we cut away from it. To I mean, later.
2: <laughs> being technical, they are
0: prisoners aboard this ship. Are so... they? How do prisoners work in Jireko? I mean, yes... Sometimes you get a bed in prison clothes. Sometimes you get a body stocking and have to dance. Sometimes you get adopted by cheerleaders. Sometimes you're in a pirate cabin. With a lady saying, we should judge them by pirate law.
1: (laughs) They're more like guidelines. So anyway, Bowery sees a bunch of G parts being moved to the ship.
2: You can tell because they're in G crates. You know, like G11, G12. Oh man, damn it, you sunk my battleship. (laughs) So
0: Killam Nick walks in with... Naredo pointing her slingshot at the door, apparently just because she was bored, because she d- wasn't loaded. And uh,
2: this infuriates Clem Nick as he takes it away and is like, you were aiming at me.
0: You can tell from the capital hunt game with these things, correct? Um, no, because that's a slingshot. Uh, apparently they go into, th- that's why the capital is surrounded by jungles, so they can go slingshot hunting for the wild boars. <laughs> and and this- as
2: he's doing this, Mariah <laughs> offers him bread. Oh, I thought it was a potato. I also thought it was a potato. I'm not sure if it's a potato or bread. I just went with bread because that was the thing that came out of my m-
0: my mouth. But Clem is here because he heard Bellary was the protagonist and he needs him to move the G-Self. And he's like, you killed Captain Cahill, did you not? <laughs> and
2: uh, then Bellary's like, well, you attacked the Capitol Tower because I'm deflecting And Clem's back like, to- I don't care, just move it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, the basic controls are all the same. What, you can't do it?
0: But Clem's is like, but even I, a noted genius, could not pilot it. I love the idea of getting my genius notarized. <laughs> <laughs> and he even, he's got the whole, he like. He the kabodon, uh, uh, to him. Is that, is that it, it, it's Is that what onomatopoeia for the, oh. like, slam sound. Uh, if you don't know I, what a Kabadon is, it's when, it's when you're very aggressive with a girl in an anime and throw your hand at their locker behind them and make a nice dong sound while intimidating them. Uh, Rorya is enjoying the show. She's very into yaoi Cabadons. <laughs> So is Naredo. She's less subtle about it. Bellary declares he'll run away, but Kellum's Nick's like, nah, I have these two lady hostages. I <laughs> do love that. After he
2: takes uh, Rariah's potato or bread
1: or whatever it was. Her round brown thing.
0: <laughs> so Rariah, who's not all here, is like, oh, man, you have pretty eyes. And Klim Nick has the best snow seller so I get that all the time. Girls always be sipping for Klim Nick. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to do better for that. <laughs>
1: I, I kind of love that. I, I legitimately laughed out loud when I saw that.
0: Nick, Nick is supposed to be infuriating, I think, but he's just really growing on me. Especially <laughs> in the next episode, his and Bellary's relationship. He's
2: so er- he's such an arrogant prick. Like he's over so over the top that he comes back around to being likable. exactly. Like, I get
0: that all the time.
2: Like uh, our boy, uh, <laughs> your boy Gesma. No, our, our boy <laughs> Calisar. Uh, Calisar. He's so stupid. He comes right back around to being likable.
0: He's way more competent than Kolasar, I feel.
2: is also actually remarkably competent. We just don't get to see most of
0: that. I wouldn't use the word competent for Kolasar.
2: Um, so he's
0: just really lucky? It's not even that either. It's He's capable, right? He's the guy you don't want to fire because it would be way more work to train up a replacement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Ida has evidently heard that he's going to have Bellree try and
0: move the G-self. And she's like, did you get the captain's permission? And he's like, no, your hair's favorite, Ida. You go get it. I just decided I wanted to protag to pilot the Gundam for some reason. See if it's true that these people can pilot it. Yeah, I would test the girls too.
2: Yeah, I want to test both of these people because you said that they both can. And then we get Ida's (laughs) internal monologue as she is spiraling away in the like. What is it? What is this even
1: screen? It's like this blue swirl behind her. She's entered the monologue zone.
0: (laughs) I love that the G self increasingly just has the ability to take people into the one-on-one land of pink. And this is Ida's, like, sad monologue version of this. Just expositing us Rariah's deal, which we've seen multiple times now, complete with flashback to Squirrel Suit. But
2: then we do get a uh, secondary thing of Captain Cahill grabbing the G-Self, which reinforces like, what we'd already kind of it, seen, that they grabbed the mobile suit while Delinson grabbed the pilot.
1: Mm-hmm. And our first glimpse of the G-Arcane. It was just like it was also Monday that they landed the mobile suit here.
0: We also see Cahill being nice to Ida and Nick being jealous. Oh, no, I guess he's not jealous. He's a perturbed he cannot pilot the G-Self, I guess. But we see Ida can, and she got her little necklace from the G-Self, which made me remember Belry also got his from the G-Self.
1: Yep. Yes. So, it, like, spit it out for them.
0: Yes. Like they're at an arcade in Japan.
1: Although the, the necklaces don't seem to be used for anything so far.
0: Yeah, so she's like, should I drive it? And Kale's like, no, nah, I'll do it for you. And she cries because she remembers she knew that guy. And <laughs> then we get an eye catch.
1: Cheer. Hello, friends and foes. And thank you for listening to Rekongisa and G, even if you are my foe. Uh, just like Clem Nick is the foe of Belry, ostensibly, but it's actually a pretty cool guy that we all actually like. We just took a poll over in our Discord about how to handle the Wrecking N G G movies and the pretty unanimous decision was that we are going to just watch the movies as we cover the relevant episodes along with the series. So soon we're actually getting to the first Wrecking N G G movie. I'm kind of excited about that because it sounds like they added some scenes that make it make sense. Yay. If you'd like to weigh in on such decisions, you can join our Discord, or join our Patreon, where you get slightly more than an average number of points because you're giving us money. Also, you get access to all of our episodes early and a bunch of bonus content, like What's a Gundam, where Jeremy and Kevin talk about Gundam Wing and still haven't figured out what the hell is a Gundam. Also, we do stuff about comic books and battle tech and anime and all sorts of other stuff once a month as Patreon-exclusive episodes. In an unrelated plug, because it's my podcast, I can plug what I want to. If y'all are interested in science or history snippets, let me know at tyler at last time on or on our Discord or something. I'm starting a TikTok slash general short form video Thing where I talk about science and history snippets. So I want to know who's interested in that and what you're interested in about that. My first thing was about the history of banana piracy and how Chiquita is an extremely shady company. Anyway, that's all I got. Let's get back to Nick's beautiful eyes. And then we get an eye catch
0: coming back. Yeah, g doesn't believe in eye-catch consistency. You get 1D3 minus one eye-catches per episode.
1: <laughs> uh, I do love Clem's snaky dance coming back.
0: It's very good. Anyway, when the episode's back, Delinson's dudes are flying. and like, ah, oh, we can estimate, based on the Minofsky particles, where they be.
2: And it's like, yeah, so it, how accurate is the, mil- the radar? And someone's like, well, it's military radar. And I'm like, that is not an answer to that question. Yeah,
0: this is not good, is it?
2: Bad? Well, if it's military radar, then it's low, <laughs> lowest bitter.
0: Yeah, but it's Catholic military, Zach.
2: <laughs> Still probably <laughs> so so lowest bitter.
1: Lowest bitter, but made of gold. <laughs> so all of the uh, Catesis
0: deploy. Cut back to Rariah, who starts g'ing, and Naredo can't calm her down, so the captain brings her a fish in a bowl. Yeah, it's Stephen the goldfish. It's like a sphere, which Rariah gets fascinated by. And the captain's like, yeah, this is how you fix space madness. Everybody knows that.
2: <laughs> yeah, watery things like that, like like this fish, have a healing effect. Um, I'm I, like, if it, if it's something that is a through line, like it comes up again later, I'm okay with it. Because you know, if it's just a story thing, okay, cool. Like we don't actually have anything that I know of that would really deal with that, besides the fact that being in space does horrible things to your body,
1: but. <laughs> Don't worry, that does come back next episode. Only the
0: fish, not
1: the... Oh, uh, I was going to say the water stuff, where Belrie just explodes an expanding ball of water on people. <laughs> uh, that counts, right?
0: So, Clem Nick is like, okay, you can move. Now I want to see you fly. I will monitor you in the Montero. And Ida's like, why are we doing this? And the captain is like, he's in ordinary
2: clothes. He can't do anything too reckless. It's like, dude, he is in an armored Titan that is, like, a few tons heavy. He can, you know, leave. It's not like he's in
0: space. It's not like he needs a spacesuit.
2: Or if he, I mean, he could theoretically go underwater, and that might cause problems, but... And Clem's like, do not close the hatch, but fly. Because we all know, as Tyler pointed out, the hatches on these mobile suits do not
1: close. I was just impressed with the life support if he gets, like, up at, uh, into the higher atmosphere, like he would freeze to death under normal conditions.
0: Anyway, the it's time for a fight scene alarm bellows and so Clem and Ida have to launch to fight. And we're now in a fight scene and Bellroy hasn't even caught up to that fact yet. He's just flying around being like, "Alrighty.
2: Well, it's because Minovsky particles have been spread and
0: so he can't hear Clem." That and- is
2: kind of an interesting thing. I mean, yes, I know it's from original Gundam the whole Minovsky particles jamming communications.
0: They use it to a much better effect here, though, with the communication stuff. Although I think that's just because cell phones have been invented since this episode. (laughs) And so the idea that we're always in constant contact with one another was probably on their mind. Like, how would Monofsky particles affect that? That's interesting.
2: And so the captain is like, yeah, they said if we don't release the hostages, they're going to attack us. And uh, we know they're going to do that
0: anyway. Yeah, apparently the most common military tactic in this universe is to make demands and then cut off their ability to communicate with you in any way and attack them
2: immediately.
0: So Ida's like, well, if we can end this just by releasing them, we should do it. But the captain's like, no, if even if we release the hostages, they'll attack us. I feel like that was less
2: of like an altruistic thing on Ida's part and more of I just want to get rid of Bellry.
0: Uh, then the... Captain has the very philosophical question of where is Adam Smith
1: <laughs> before remembering that their prisoner is in their Gundam. I love that they refer to this random mechanic by name multiple times. I did refer to him as the invisible wrench of the ship.
2: <laughs> and Clem uh, Nick is like, all right, go grab some armor and weaponry because you're going to fight
0: for us now. Bell is like, no, I'll go stop them. I don't know anything about the Capitol Army. They weren't on my final." So Ida's like, but we have Naredo and Rariah. R- Rariah. And Bellary's like, that's why I have to stop them. And so Ida's like, hey,
1: Adam Smith, bring a uh, beam rifle and a shield for the G-Self. And he looks the least like a Scottish economist that I think I've ever seen.
0: Bellary tells Naredo to hide in the safest part of the ship. She's like, no can do. Rariah wants to go to the top. As Bellary
2: was apparently misjudging where he was going and was like trying to pick
0: up or do something to the mechanic. I do want to note anytime we see like because the catches are always open, we constantly see into the cockpits. But I really like the way that it shows like the monitors on them. And so it's like we see through them because we're seeing everything being displayed panoramically. It is a cool effect. Yep. And in a way, it does make a little bit of
2: sense with the the communications thing. People having to drop their open up their cockpit so they can talk to each other.
0: So Ida's like, yeah, I'm going to pull a launcher strike and do anti-air defense from here. But Adam Smith is like, no, if anything happened to you, it would be bad.
1: And we also didn't put wings on your GRK because we were busy trying to fix the G-Self. And then Bowery is like, hey, I owe you a favor for killing that guy. Anyway, I'm taking off now. I'm a a salute and let's go. I finally found the close button for this
2: hatch. (laughs) You know, I feel like it depends on like the shot of the G-Self. Because some of them, it's got like the horns on the front of it are like rounded off, but others are actually like a full panel thing. And I really don't like it when it's just like, yes, this here's this little horn, like the devil horns type of thing. I don't know. So Nick
0: is like, I knew you would come from a low altitude. I shall destroy you with the high ground. You've underestimated my power. I am a military veteran, and I, fighting Gondwin has made me acclimated to fighting in the air. You guys don't even have faces. <laughs> But they do have usable shields and foot savers. But he has a javelin, which he manages to throw at them and then kick them apart. And then Bellary's like, no, they'll definitely come at you from above. They're, With the f Frogs. They're just a distraction. And we see an f Frog that's
2: like low to the ground, but nothing on it. But it's uh, the captain and they were actually underneath the thing at like a wave top level. Which I kind of like that
0: effect. Like that's a cool idea. So one of the Grimoires manages to kill Billicky. That super important character we all know.
2: But then Delinson sees the G-Self and is like, I'm going to go fight it.
0: I found it first. You got to give it to me. Dibs. But Bellary throws out his arms to like try to be like, hey, please don't attack. I'm not your opponent. And Dellinson's like, huh? He looks like he's surrendering. So he doesn't want to fight. Then Nick is like, haha, good job distracting them, Bellary, and making them think that we would not fight. I will fight sneak attack. <laughs> and apparently they have contact link. Which, which, I, which does make sense in the world with Minovsky particles. And I do like this explanation of can they hear each other in mobile suits? And the answer is yes, if they are touching each other.
1: But otherwise, no.
0: And Dylan touches him to be like, ah, oh, will you surrender and come to the capital army? And Belra is like, oh, we can hear each other. Oh, hey. Hey, teacher, it's me, Belra. But before he could say anything more, they are attacked by Killam. A wild A wild Klimnik. I, I love the like, haha, and then
2: he just gets absolutely wrecked by uh, Delinson, who cuts off his fingers while yelling "chest." So, is that a thing? Because like that's he's not the only character I've seen that uses that same like call out.
0: No, it's just like calling Chest, your so. shot. Uh, but there is a cool bit where Nick drops his beam weapon because his fingers are sliced off, and Belry ca- catches it in the G self. And uses it to deflect some missiles, realizing that he will have to fight so he doesn't get murdered.
2: I love the this, this shot of one of the grimoires landing on an F-Rug and just execution-style blowing out a case head. his head.
0: Delon's like, like oh, I see you are resisting, G-Self. The punishment for resistance is death. Triangle attack! And then so Bellry is about to be stabbed from three directions, so he yells SU Cord" and... Is creates that, a force field? Yeah. He, he casts his magic spell barrier. And then yells, I'm not carrying
2: weapons because I want to, despite the fact that he actually went and specifically
0: picked them up. So then he draws his beam saber, cuts off one of the cathesis limbs, and Delinson's like, ah, time to retreat. I don't know what's with that weird magic force field thing. And or, or that, that beam, beam saber. saber. Is it...
2: Why the beam sabers in this look a lot different than in previous series? Like, they look a lot more insubstantial. They do, yeah.
1: Which probably would be how they would actually look if, like, I had a heat ray thing. But. Yeah, but that's not nearly as cool. So,
0: Clem points his gun at Bellary to establish contact and is like, taking down three enemies is impressive. Bellary's like, yeah, why did they retreat? And Kelm's Dick's like, they must have a good commander to realize they needed to withdraw. He even cut off my fingers. Ah,
2: what'd he cut off my hand? In which case, we're going to, uh, you're going to need to master that machine in order to protect Miss Ida.
0: A thing you, our hostage, want to do, right? I mean, surely you saw how hot she was. <laughs> cut to Dellinson, who is grieving over the death of his men because his plan was only good in theory.
2: Well, in one of the, uh, that's crashed into the ocean,
1: apparently it ran out of fuel.
0: Dellinson makes up names for all of his dead friends.
1: <laughs> Not Tresso. Anyway, he starts crying. Cut back to the rain. He starts
0: crying, which conjures a rainstorm on the megafauna. Raya is into it, but Naredo is like, no, you must come inside. But Raya is like, no, my fish likes the rain. So Naredo picks her up
1: and carries her in. I do want to point out, I feel like Raya and Naredo are the same size. Although I guess Naredo is a cheerleader. She probably picks people up all the time, right? That was going to be my uh, headcanon explanation. She works out. Uh, Yeah, I was just impressed that she could just bodily lift this lady. Who's And jog. And jog. Cheerleading requires good core
0: strength. It does. So anyway, now we're doing a weird tech readout scene where the G-Self is just putting its blueprints up for Belray and Ida to look at. creating chest
2: pain for the two of them.
0: And Ida's like, oh, it's an escape pod. You know, like Gundam. Why don't we try it for funsies? Yeah, this is a great idea to do in the
2: hangar. Good thing no one was standing behind it. I do like how uh, Klimdick's like, oh,
1: that'll be useful. I do have to wonder, what is up with prisoners in this series? Because <laughs> now he's just one of the guys. Anyway, we get introduced to one of their mechanics, Hoppa, who is apparently a genius. He's like, we'll figure out how to make it work. They need to copy off the,
2: uh, the schematics from the uh, like displays that appeared.
1: And they can't take pictures of their smartphones because Minovsky particles.
0: Cut over to Nick telling the captain, like, we have to be careful. Today I learned the capital army has one good soldier. That's one more than I thought they had. And uh, Bellary is like, I, the capital guard or my mother knew about
2: the capital army, which I mean, might be somewhat true, but not
1: also not really relevant. <laughs> Like, everyone in episode one was confused about the distinction, but they clearly knew that there was a capital army.
0: I wonder if what is meant here is not, we didn't know it existed, but we didn't know anything about it, which is also, like, a way you would say that, possibly. So, Klimnik is like, they learned that something was going to come that would threaten you from space. Threaten your mother from space. (laughs) Your mom
1: is scared of space. (laughs) General Suragon said so. And Ida's like... My father and Bowery is like, you're Ida Sorgon, not Ida Ray How could I have not noticed the difference? And Ida is just like, shit. I let
2: him
0: know my who my father's name was, and he just leaves. No, he can look me up on Facebook. Damn it. So Naredo is like, hey, we should go back to the tower and our house while
2: let, while preventing Raya from like falling overboard.
0: You did them a favor, so they should let us leave.
2: And Velary's I like,
0: oh, that makes sense. I feel like naruto doesn't understand the point of
2: being held prisoner. You don't just get to leave. Although no one in this series seems to understand
0: how that works. I'll cut to Ida getting undressed in her room, staring at the weird necklace that came out of the G-cell. Will that be important? Who knows? That episode is over. It felt like it lasted two seconds and a million years. <laughs>
2: It was also a little all over the place. the The action sequence and it felt a little a
0: little tacked on. Every action sequence in this series has felt very tacked on. I think it's because of the pacing. It's always like, and we're doing stuff, and we're doing stuff, and we're talking, and it doesn't make sense. An the action siren. <laughs> fight. And the DM is like, "Crap, my
2: players seem to be uh, seem to be getting bored. Blow something up. Two d six kithsiff appear. Do you
0: have thoughts, Tyler?
1: Yes. The problem is they keep dropping almost interesting tidbits about how the world works, and I want more of that, and then they just cut it off before anything interesting gets revealed.
0: Yeah, there's so many interesting aspects, right? But like I talked earlier about how vibes-based I feel like this show is, and that is just intensifying as now he is a prisoner instead of Ida, and they're still treating him like, you know, the thing you do with prisoners, make them pilot your super secret mobile suits you don't know anything about that you just found, and then ask them to murder their old friends. You know, the thing you do with prisoners. (laughs) I mean, the thing is,
2: like, it because every other situation, at least from what I'm familiar with for Gundam series, yes, oftentimes the person who ends up piloting the Gundam isn't necessarily the person who was originally intended for it, but they're always on generally the side of the people who pick them up in the first place. Like, the closest would probably be Kira, who is playing off of Amuro originally. But like number one, he's a civilian kind of military cadet type of deal. And it just feels like the writers like he we need to pilot the Gundam. And so he's just going to be piloting the Gundam now. And it's like, but guys, he's now on the wrong side. Like and you haven't really given him an actual character reason. Yep. Like you've told me why oh yeah, well, I'm going to do this because of these reasons. And it's like um that's Not really a stellar explanation for, like, what you presented it for
0: him as his character. Yeah, nobody's actions make sense with their motivations, is what I think the real just disjointedness is. Like, what does Bellary want? And what is he doing to get it?
2: I mean, from one side of things, like, in that conversation, it seemed like he was trying to do espionage stuff. But at the same time, it's like, but that didn't seem to jive with what you were planning on when you got in the mobile suit in the first place
0: in episode three when they left. So what? I also have no idea what the G Self did when it was surrounded by three people or if Belry did it on purpose. He um, did yell SU cordal like he did when he threw a cord at Ida, like he was casting a magic spell on the G-Self.
1: <laughs> we'll also find out later I think that the SU cord is like a real thing, so I don't know why he's like yelling it. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um no, and I, I think that's really gets to the problem with this show, is that like people are just doing things. Like, just randomly, people seem to be doing things with no motivation or explanation, and then we cut to a different scene where people are just doing things. And, I don't know, it's very disjointed. I think somebody had, like, here's what all the characters' motivations are.
2: And in some cases, you can keep those kind of hidden. But at the same time, you, they need to be consistent,
1: and they're kind of not. Well, like, this episode, I feel like Bilroy gets into the mobile suit because he feels like he has to pay Ida back for killing her friend, but that is a weird thing to, like...
0: It's also such a snap decision, right? It is, There's no time spent over, like, oh, my teacher might be among them. And I feel like he's also doing it because he's like, oh, I want to go try to talk them down because I don't want Naredo or or Rariah to get hurt. But he's unsuccessful at doing that, and he doesn't, like, have any reaction to kill him, Nick, using his attempt at peace talks to sneak attack he's not like no don't or ha 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 you've activated my trap card he's just like he doesn't this is happening now
2: he doesn't even acknowledge it it's just like oh no i'm surrounded so superpower what and yeah no one comments on how
1: weird that is
0: uh dellinson kind of does but that's it and i don't i genuinely don't know what he did i have no idea do you have a high point tyler
1: hmm Do I have a high point? That is a good question for this episode. It's going to be Clem Nick acknowledging that his eyes are beautiful.
0: You took mine. (laughs) Damn You took the good part of the episode, Tyler. (laughs)
2: Uh, Zach, what's your high point? Let's see. What would be my high point since Tyler took the good one? I think my high point might actually be that conversation with the, uh, the captain where there are you know, there are two distinct conversations happening because neither of them are answering each other's questions. And then Ida comes in and there's just three conversations of four people just not talking to each other, but talking at each other. Yep. Because I actually really liked that effect.
0: I almost ironically want me to be mine to be Ida going, let's judge them by pirate law. <laughs> because <laughs> that is a line of dialogue that brought me joy. Um, but I feel like I should try to come up with a real one. What's a real thing I liked about this episode? That's not killing Nick's eyes or giving Rory a fish and being like, this is how you cure space madness. That's
1: (laughs) kind of nice. And then she's just into it. She really likes that fish. She really likes that fish. Choo-choo me.
0: Do you have a low point, Tyler?
1: Ironically, even though we mentioned it as potentially a high point, it's um, that scene where four people are just having distinct conversations with people who are not in the room, but they're all talking to each other. I understand Bellary's responses, mostly because he's trying to get information out of the captain. But the captain is not having, like, realistic responses in any way. So, Zach? For a low point, I think mine
2: is probably going to be Bellary's reaction to the fight. Because, like, they show him, like, being a little shaky. But at the same time, it's like, that feels more shoehorned in than anything else. Because he doesn't really have any other reaction to what the hell just happened. Or, I failed. Or, you know, why did you do that? It's just kind of like,
0: oh, yeah. I think mine is going to be SU cold because I don't know what he did and no one really reacts to like give me any indication. I don't know if that's supposed to be impressive or if he just pressed the
1: Sucor is a force field <laughs> button.
0: Yeah, I don't.
2: Is that just a thing that happens in this world?
0: Do you have an MVP, Tyler?
1: It's Ida for sure. I don't know. I just feel like every time she says something this episode, it's actually mildly amusing or mildly important to driving the plot forward.
2: Zach, I think mine actually is going to be Clint Nick. Because in part, I get he, that all the time. Yeah, he has the the just absolute deadpan. I get that all the time, and as, despite the fact that he's he does have kind of a, a, a you know a sandpaper personality, whenever he's was on screen he genuinely made
1: me smile because of his attitude <laughs> I, like, legitimately... I am amazing Jeremy mentioned it before like that that he might be supposed to be like kind of gradient as a character I genuinely like him I think he's an awesome guy I want him on screen more
0: yeah I'm also going to go with Clem Nick in part for the eyes thing and also like he drives the episode right he's the one who decides Belly should pilot the G self and like he's got the most consistent motivation I think everything he did in the episode made sense to
1: that's me. fair yes
0: yeah, like everything he does makes sense like yes
2: having Bellary pilot the G self that it's a little weird for a prisoner to do that but at the same time he's like I need to see who can actually do this because he also wanted to have raya
0: like test raya to drive it so that tracks but
2: a bunch of the other people are like what are you what, what's your motivation
0: uh, should we add the cave Sith to our mobile seat list since this episode was named after it I don't know how much more Kaith Sith we're going to get.
2: And I think we've probably seen about everything it's going to do. It's got cool foot beam sabers and foot rockets.
0: Yeah, it's very Jim-esque, but also got the the beam sabers in its feet. So how do we think it compares to the Strike Dagger?
1: I think better. I like the silhouette a little less, but I think overall it feels more versatile. I kind of like its blocky design overall.
2: I think I agree with you.
1: I like its fold-out
2: wings and all that, too. So, like, its design kind of does it for me more than the the Strike Dagger does.
0: What about the next mass production suit we have up on the list, the Dagger L, which is the seed improvement
1: to the Strike Dagger? Uh, Which I actually like a fair amount better. Um this is actually kind of a toss-up for me. I, I think what's going to put it ahead for me is I'm a sucker for beam sabers on limbs, just like attached to limbs. So I'm going to give it to the Kate Sith for the sweet foot beam sabers.
2: I kind of don't care for the dagger, else so I think
0: I'd have to give it to the, uh, the Kate Sith. Our next max production suit is the Din. Ew. It's got wings. Eh, it's
1: I drink. like the Din fairly well, actually. I think that's why it's up
2: so high. I really don't like the Din. <laughs> it's a gin that drank a Red Bull. <laughs>
0: I think I'd give it to the Din, actually. I'd give it to the Kate Sith. I would also give it to the Din. Final question, better or worse than the Luxon from Buddy Complex. This mm-hmm. just look like both look so generic and samey to me, honestly. But yeah. I think I like the this more for its wing
1: pack. I think I prefer the Luxon. I think I agree with Zach. I think I prefer the Luxon.
0: Okay, so the K Sith will go at number ninety seven above the dagger L and below the Luxon.
2: Uh, Pretty low for a starting showing, but it's also the mo- the mass production, so. Yeah,
1: so not bad for a mass production suit.
0: All right. Anything else we want to say about this episode? It sure happened to us.
1: It sure did. Hopefully the next one makes more sense. Like, like my overall feeling is I kept dropping things that I was almost very interested in and then cutting them off before any of them actually got it, to I mean, be interesting. Obviously
2: they want to avoid the tell don't show situation, but at the same time, you're dropping all kinds of proper nouns on me. I made the comment of Chekhov's arsenal earlier, and that's kind of what they're going for here. They're just, like, stacking guns here.
0: All right, we will be back next week with The Enemy is the Capital Army. Even if you don't want to listen, listen.